Welcome to Manitoba Moments, Discussions in Physiotherapy. The College of Physiotherapists in Manitoba regulates the practice of physiotherapy in Manitoba. Our mission is to ensure that the public receives safe, competent physiotherapy care from qualified physiotherapists. This podcast will address topics pertinent to physiotherapists practicing in Manitoba based on our legislation and standards of practice. Hello everyone, welcome to our podcast. My name is Klein Elgato and I'm a University of Manitoba student in my final year of the Masters of Physical Therapy degree. And I'm joined here today by my fellow student, Feng Chung. Our topic of conversation is going to be about sensitive practice in the context of physiotherapy. So Fang, what's your understanding of sensitive practice? Well, my understanding is that sensitive practice refers to the approach of providing care that is respectful, empathetic, and culturally aware of the unique needs of every patient. It involves recognizing and addressing potential physical, emotional, or psychological barriers to care that patients may face, such as anxiety, fear, or pain. Well said. Did you know that about 33% of women and 14% of men are survivors of childhood sexual abuse? No, I did not. That's quite a significant figure. It is. But more importantly, this means that there's a high likelihood that physiotherapists will encounter a victim of abuse in their career. That's interesting. That just means we need to be sensitive of those experiences for our patients during their care. Absolutely. Let's talk about scenarios where physiotherapists can demonstrate sensitive practice. First example. When disrobing or taking off clothing during assessment or treatment, any thoughts on how to approach this scenario? I think it's very important to build trust and rapport with their patients, which is why completing a thorough history is very important. I agree. Investing enough time to get to know the patient is very important. We must obtain informed consent and explain to patients what's involved in physiotherapy assessment and treatment. This lets them know what to expect and to help build trust. You may need to modify your approach based on the patient's history. I see. And what are your thoughts on cultural awareness? Excellent question. Going back to the idea of disrobing and how it relates to being culturally aware, did you know that in certain cultures, it is considered inappropriate for an individual to remove clothing in front of someone who isn't their spouse? No, I didn't know that. Tell me a little more about that. For example, it is considered inappropriate in some cultures for a male therapist to ask a female patient to remove their clothing or for a male therapist to be alone in the same room as a female patient. I see. So then what would be the best way to handle this scenario? According to the College Code of Ethics, we need to provide an alternative and not just refuse treatment. In this case, there are a few options. First, we can try and perform the assessment without the need to disrobe. If the patient is still uncomfortable, we can ask them to bring a family member in the room and perform the assessment then. If that still doesn't make the client comfortable, then it is our obligation to refer the patient to a female clinician, whether a colleague or a physiotherapist from another clinic or facility. Okay, now that makes sense. I haven't encountered that scenario in any of my clinical placements, but now I know what to do if that ever happens. Fung, what is one thing integral to providing patient care? I believe that would be informed consent. That's right. As a physiotherapist, it's essential that we obtain informed consent from our clients before providing any treatment. Informed consent is a critical aspect of building trust and ensuring clients are comfortable throughout the sessions. So Fung, what is informed consent? Well, simply put, it's when a physiotherapist explains a particular treatment or intervention and describes what the treatment involves, its benefits, potential risks, any alternatives, and most importantly, ensures the patient understands. Once the patient understands, they are then asked for their consent to proceed. Well said. 
Unfortunately, it is something that some clinicians forget to do in clinical practice. After reviewing some disciplinary decisions in other jurisdictions, I came across a complaint involving a practitioner touching patients' body parts without their consent. That's really unfortunate. But why do you think that is? It's possible that they simply forgot or they intentionally skipped the question to be more efficient with their time. It is important that we are thorough with our process to avoid making errors. For example, if I am showing a hip stretch, I should explain to the patient what the stretch looks like. If I provide tactile cueing, I should explain that I am about to do and ask for permission before I proceed to touch the patient's hip region. I can see how that could happen. Now I see why obtaining informed consent is such an important part of our education in university. Well, Fung, we've covered quite a bit in this podcast. A couple of key takeaways from today's discussions are, one, obtaining informed consent is a vital part of physiotherapy practice. Two, sensitive practice can be demonstrated by treating clients with respect and empathy and by recognizing and addressing potential physical, emotional, or psychological barriers to care that patients may face such as anxiety, fear, or pain. Thank you for listening, and I hope this information has been helpful. Thank you for listening today. The information presented in this podcast is not intended as legal advice. For more information, please go to the College of Physiotherapists at Manitoba website or email us at info at manitobaphysio.com.